0: We heard just a few minutes ago about the importance of listening deeply to the perspective of each person, especially when their perspective is different than we might expect. Our reading this morning comes from famous American poet Rudy Francisco, a California native, who is known for using personal stories to lift up the politics of race, class, Gender and religion. This powerful poem is called Appropriation 2330. Silly, how often you confuse customs for costumes, culture for couture. My body is not an accessory that everyone is allowed to borrow. You don't get to put on my face and rent my experience. I can't unzip this skin after a long night. None of this comes off when the party is over. Here ends our reading. I'm so grateful to Carrie and Melissa for sharing their story with us in worship today and to Carrie for the chance to acknowledge and celebrate her new name. When we say here at UUCB that our personal experience of the holy is a source of our faith, this is what we mean. As so many traditions teach us, each and every moment of life is a miracle. Yet some moments, some events, some conversations can be pivot points, epiphanies, even life-changing experiences. And in our liberal and liberating faith, we honor these experiences just as highly as we do the other sources of our faith. These pivotal moments in our lives can happen in all kinds of situations, but more often than not, it seems like they happen when we encounter something new, something that challenges us or stretches us, surprises us. Melissa shared in her sources of our faith reflection this morning that she was surprised by the difference between Carrie's reaction to the article in the UU World magazine and the reactions of other trans and gender queer UUs she'd read on social media. It can be surprising when people hold different opinions than we might expect they would, different preferences. I'll never forget the time I was in the grocery store with CJ when he was a toddler. He was sitting in the cart as we walked through the produce section and I asked him what he'd like to have for dinner. I want broccoli and bananas, he announced loudly. A man nearby who'd overheard said to me in an astonished voice, I've never heard a child that young ask for broccoli. (laughs) There are some general similarities among toddlers, like a fondness for saying no and a love of McDonald's and a proclivity for finding any and all dirt or puddles anywhere you take them. But some toddlers are vegetarian, don't eat at McDonald's. Some don't like getting dirty. And I bet there are toddlers out there whose favorite word isn't no. I haven't met them yet, but I'm sure they exist. (laughs) And just as all toddlers are not alike, no group of people is a monolith. Whether it be an age group, a culture, a race, a gender, there is nearly always a breadth of feeling and opinion among people in the group about just about anything that concerns them. And for those of us who are not part of a group, it's important to honor that diversity of opinion— I think sometimes this is easier to understand as a concept out there than it is to see it and know what to do with it in the moment while we're living our lives. It can be tricky to know how to honor these breadths of opinion sometimes. It can be especially tricky when some of those opinions concern things we have done. And it can be quite hard when people share with us that something we've done or said, worn, or celebrated has caused them harm. I think of the day I realized I could no longer wear an old football T-shirt a high school boyfriend had given me years ago. It was a T-shirt for the Washington, D.C. professional football team, whose name I won't even mention today because of how disrespectful it is to many Native Americans. Having been born and raised just outside that city by some pretty strong football fans, surrounded by the team's fans, I just accepted the team's name and mascot as normal, just kind of a part of the background But one day in college, I read an article in the Washington Post about a group of Native Americans who were appealing to Dan Snyder, the team's white owner, to change the name. After that, I tracked down the group behind the appeal and read their website, the whole thing. It was the first time I realized the name and mascot of my football team was harming many Native Americans treating a people's culture and identity as a costume, profiting off of it when that same culture and identity had been literally deadly in this same society mere decades earlier. Snyder, the owner, has steadfastly refused to change the team's name. I'm sure branding costs lots of money. His supporters often point to a different group of Native Americans who feel the team's name and mascot honors them. I am not Native American. It is not up to me to decide which Native American group here is right or wrong, which has the more valid perspective. But I do think it's appropriate for me to consider whether wearing my T-shirt would cause harm. And ultimately, I decided I couldn't stomach the idea that many Native Americans are deeply offended by the image and name on that shirt. So I got rid of it. In that situation, I was able to make a personal choice about what I chose to no longer wear, a team I choose to no longer support. Not that I was ever much of a football fan and in any way. You can ask Christian. I don't even really know how to follow the game. All of us have the power to make choices in our own lives to reduce harm to others. But what about decisions we must make that go beyond the realm of just the personal? Just a few months ago, several Latinx Unitarian Universalists posted in mid-October on social media asking UU congregational leaders not to hold Day of the Dead services. A Latinx friend and colleague of mine, who happens to be a lifelong Unitarian Universalist, lifted up the heritage of the holiday holiday pointing out that it is one of the last remaining links that Mexicans have to their indigenous religious practices before colonization. She wrote that when she's attended Day of the Dead Services in UU congregations, she felt like they were appropriating her culture. Crashing the wake of her people's relatives was the phrase that she used. If a congregation has Latinx members or ministers who wish to share this sacred day with the congregation, to invite them to the wake, as it were, that felt appropriate. Otherwise, she encouraged UU worship leaders to consider our own culture's traditions for honoring our ancestors, for our traditions are all rich in their own ways. It was painful to watch the conversation unfold from there. Some white people responded with anger, lifting up the Latinx friends who've told them it's okay to celebrate this holiday. Others sought to justify themselves by arguing about the concept of cultural appropriation itself, claiming appropriation is inevitable and there is no pure culture or religion, so why not just all celebrate one another's holidays? Perhaps it was painful because in the past, those very same words have come out of my own mouth. Very few people asked to hear more from my friend and colleague to better understand her perspective very few seemed interested in considering her point of view with the same respect that they had given other Latinx people's views in their lives, especially those whose opinions happened to justify theirs on this issue. The Mexican and wider Latinx communities are not monoliths. Not all Native Americans agree about everything, just as not all queer and nonconforming people agree about everything, just as not all toddlers agree about everything. But it is not the place of those of us who are not of a culture or group to use differences of opinion within it to try to justify our own. As people of a liberal and liberating faith, as a covenantal people, I think it is our work to listen, to learn, to respect one another's differences. I think it's our work to honor boundaries that might be different, perhaps more firm than the ones we've encountered before. I think it is our work to ask ourselves If we are really comfortable continuing to do something someone within our faith has told us is causing them harm, some of whom have been raised in our faith. I think it's our work to learn to not lean into defensiveness, but into compassion, to do our best as individuals and communities to honor people's boundaries, and to do as little harm as we can. This is the work of listening deeply, of speaking with care, of honoring our differences, of seeking and granting forgiveness. It is the work of living out our covenant that we recite every week Always coming back not to some orthodoxy or doctrine about what is right and wrong, not clinging to carefully chiseled worldviews or crafted belief systems. No it's always been about nurturing compassionate hearts, willing to decenter ourselves and our feelings for a while, so we can center the feelings and thoughts, opinions and insights, of another person for a while. It's about allowing those encounters to challenge and stretch and even change us so that, hopefully, our circle of concern and compassion grows even wider. It's about staying with those encounters and conversations that might at first feel hard or awkward, because they just might become one of our lives' most important, pivotal, life-changing moments. The life of faith is understood very differently among different religious traditions, but this is what it means in ours. To strive to live out our covenant, to fail sometimes, because we're human, to make amends and to welcome the ways this ongoing process helps us to change and grow. I have always loved a short parable Jesus told about how the reign of peace, the commonwealth of love, the beloved community we dream about is like a mustard seed sown by a farmer. It's kind of funny because the mustard plant is actually a weed, so Jesus was probably being subversive here, as he does, Anyhow, it's the smallest seed, but the weed that grows from it becomes large and strong enough for birds to land in its branches, unlike the other crops down in the field. I know it's not always easy in our polarized and fast paced world, but may we, each and all, come to nurture our inward selves, our skills for listening and our respect for differing opinions and perspectives of others. For it is the unexpected encounters, the brief conversations, that so often become the pivotal and life-changing moments in our lives. May all of our hearts be fertile ground for even these smallest seeds of transformation to take root. And may the seeds of growth and compassion that take root in us, be like those weedy mustard plants, growing wild and tall, providing shade and shelter for all of the Spirit's beloveds. Amen.